Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Good evening and welcome to Bry Radio. This is Mr. Waters speaking. It is quarter past eight on Tuesday the 15th of November. Join me this evening, we have Alfie. Good evening. And we should have Mia soon. If Mia, you're listening, where are you? Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. I think it's one of those ones where I'd say it's the calm before the storm. We're going to look ahead to the autumn budget from Jeremy Hunt. And there seems to be a recent development in Eastern Europe. Mm. Lots of news there. Um, off yeah. we go. Well, um, I was having a little look into um, Kyrgyzstan before this, and um, as you know, for more recent news, um, two Russian missiles have just struck Poland, one killing two people, and um, yeah, so that's the recent development in the news. Yeah. Um, so this was breaking about an hour ago. Uh, US officials have reported that Russian missiles have killed two in Poland. This is a Polish town, I believe, about four miles from the border with Ukraine. Yeah. So it's a stray missile. However, that is a Russian missile hitting Poland. This is bigger than we think it is. Alfie? Uh, well, Poland is part of NATO, um, North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And the big thing about NATO is that uh, they can trigger something called Article four which is pretty much says an attack on one is an attack on all so essentially it means that if they trigger this then you'll have the entire pretty much most of like the western world's militaries coming down on russia a mistake yes or no big mistake yeah well has russia no is it an error has russia deliberately fired on poland do we think or does it seem to be and it's breaking news we don't know the facts yet what are we you know thinking about or was it just a stray missile that shouldn't have gone that way i think it was a stray missile i think russia's missiles have never been good you know it's for the cruise missiles at the start of the war where you know they were obviously targeting ukraine airfields but those cruise missiles kept on missing because you know they're poorly kept and like you know the budget for russian military's never been what it says it has been um due to russian generals taking a lot of that money for themselves um and i you know russia's they, they they've been doing some silly things like invading Ukraine, but I don't think they'd ever do something as stupid as attack a NATO member. Yeah. I think Putin's yeah. already really scared, and I think with I don't think he can risk um, more like um, like attacks, not attacks on him, but because like obviously the NATO borders um, increasing um, and going more towards Russia. Um, I think he can't afford to anger. Any any members within NATO? So I I think it was rogue. Absolutely not. Oh, keyword there. I'm going to come out in a moment. But it seems as though Putin needs to do an immediate climb down and a de-escalation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what we need there. It could. Yeah. We'll see how things develop across the night. But things could move fast. We'll see how they go. But use a keyword there, Mia. Uh, rogue. Rogue. Uh, you may have seen possibly writing the Telegraph yesterday, which is Sunak for the first time as Prime Minister, um, company in the national newspaper. Discussing, he's saying that Russia is a rogue state. He's trying to use the G20 conference this week to say that you know mm-hmm. Russia, Russia is going to be absent from it. Naturally, is Russia now a rogue state? What is one for our listeners? Let's break that down. And can we define Russia as such? Um, I would, I think I would say um, Russia is a rogue state. It doesn't really have any allies. Um, it, it's, um, it's, its government is very regimed and all the um and it doesn't really have any like well it's not I wouldn't say it's a failed state because it's still it's still um obviously still has infrastructure and it still has 
Um, well, not not as good as it was, but it still has a working economy. Um, and so I'd say it's a really state because it doesn't really cooperate with any other states. Yeah. So does it threaten international peace? That's the question here. Yeah. And that's it on a global scale. Mm. Yes, it's invaded Ukraine. We've been here since February. Yeah. Is it now becoming a bigger thing? Um, well, it seems like it if they're... You know, if uh, this mo- missile was in fact intentional, I mean, I severely doubt even if it was Russia would ever admit to it being so, because you know, no one wants nuclear annihilation at the end of the day and mutual assured destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, this brings us back to what I was going to say before as well. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, Kherson, which is a um, region within Ukraine, has finally been liberated. Yep, what does that mean? So whereabouts is it? Um, geographically, it has some significance there. Uh-huh. And it seems to be caught a cause of celebration among Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I forget which like bit you like which region it's in. I can't remember, but it's on the yeah. it's on it's on the Danube. Yeah, it's on the Danube. Yeah, yeah. To, towards the um the sea there. Yeah. And yeah, it's one of those key you know, key city cat town cities that were taken. Mm-hmm. Sort of perhaps like, wow, how to define that? That's sort of summer offensive. It's yeah. been occupied for now eight months. That would be I'd say March April time. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean what's quite interesting about it as well is that um just over a month ago Moscow proclaimed it as Russia's administrative capital for the region. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, um, following the illegal act- annexation of the four regions in September. So symbolically, therefore, mm. symbolically for Russia, what is it? Symbolically for Ukraine, what does it mean? It's got more than just a, it's more than a city to both parties there. Yeah. Well, I mean, Zelensky, he visited on Monday, uh, so yesterday, and he said this is the beginning of the end of the war. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of see how Ukrainians feel like that. Russia really wanted to hold on to this region. Um, and so Moscow proclaiming it as being as administrative capital is a, a huge blow to the Russian forces, um, especially now that um, when they left and the Ukrainian army went in, um, they found a lot of booby traps, a lot of mines, a lot of different things set by the Russians, um, which you know has opened up a further investigation, uh, which is documented as more than four hundred Russian war crimes um, in the area. Mm-hmm. So I might posit something to you there, and I think it feels like I want Mr. Vincent in the room with us. Yeah. So I'll probably ask him in the morning, knowing me. Mm. I might posit this. Uh, is it a tactical withdrawal for a strategic victory? I'm thinking that winter is coming. Mm-hmm. Difficult to hold. Yeah. Withdraw from, you know, to key places, try and show up where Russia is stronger, mm-hmm. and then possibly relaunch in the spring with a rested army. Mm-hmm. You know, will the war die down across the winter as it does sometimes with, you know, the occasional friend, you know, yeah. occasional fire on each other? Yeah, of course. And that makes it more difficult yeah. for the Ukrainians come March, come February, March time with yeah. that new launch. So uh, I, I'm wary, Alfie. I mean, I feel like, I mean, from my perspective, um, well, well, I feel like a lot of people might might have forgotten now is that conscription has happened in Russia. They're currently training up a lot more troops. It would make strategic sense, not that Russia's really been good at strategy in this entire war, mm-hmm. but if anything, it would make the most sense for them to retreat, dig in, start a war of attrition until there's like mass conscripts of new troops come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because um, right now, we'll talk about this in a... I think it was politics, or it could have been history, where they're kind of doing what they did in World War Two now, where oh, yeah. it's you can't take a step back or you get shot by the Spetsnaz. 
Yeah, they're going to call it General Zukov thing from World War Two. Uh, uh, pretty much, they're putting all the conscripts right at the front, the trained soldiers in the next line, um, and then the spetsnaz right at the end, and like the other professional soldiers. And then you know, if they see anyone retreating, they will get shot. Mm. Like that's a sign of desperation. That doesn't show that this is all for a tactical draw. Yeah, <laughs> this shows that morale is dying. And you know, I mean, we we I saw last month as well that there were two Russian divisions that um, mutinied as well. So you know, it really comes into question <laughs> morale as well. Mm. I feel like um, I don't I don't think Putin uh, Putin's going to ret- uh, retract the forces because. Um, I think he's too proud, and I think if he did that, even though it would be tactically better for him, um, he it would. I think it would show again. I think it would probably show a sign of weakness on his part. What he would think. So I think what he's because what he's doing at the moment is he's just attack, attack, attack. Um, which is why he's which is why he's reintroduced conscription. And so I think for him to take back any, you know, like not take back, but go back um take soldiers back it wouldn't it wouldn't occur to him because that would be weak on his part thank you right should we play the next song and then afterwards we'll see about some updates in uk politics see you soon perfect Thank you. 
and welcome back. It is almost half past eight this evening on Tuesday, the 15th of November. Mirrors joining us, you might have heard earlier. I think that was Pink Floyd just played there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Fab. And I thought we'd talk to you, talk about now is what Rishi Sunak has been up to. I think we've gone through that period of that sort of tumultuous storm. Mm-hmm. Things are calm now. Things yeah. are a bit more settled. They're about to possibly become unsettled on Thursday. Big news is coming on Thursday. More on that later. But what has been the feel of Sunak's government so far? He's been very apologetic recently. In what way? So he, uh, in his little speech about the mini-budget this year, um, he like repeatedly apologised for it and, you know, saying how he warns of difficult economic decisions, which definitely makes sense. I feel like people can't really criticise Sunak alone and, like, the Conservative government, like, that's hap- like that's in power right now for tough, like, economic period we're probably going to have to go through. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this was caused by a number of factors, you know. Yeah. It's, like, started with, like, a small domino and now we're, like, the biggest one possible. Um, but you know, that's my take. <laughs> okay. Mia, anything we going on with Sunak's government? That's um, I mean, piqued your interest. Uh, Jamie Hunt's doing some economic stuff. Economic stuff. <laughs> I like it. This is hard hitting journalism, right here. Yeah, he, economic stuff coming our way on Thursday. He, he's um, indicating that council tax will probably rise after the autumn budget. Absolutely. This is the story of the up, up, up. Inflation is up. Unemployment is up. Taxes going up. All taxes going up. And national misery is going up. It's all on the rise. Has Hunt got a choice, though? They talk about this thing called a black hole. I don't think it's good to use that phrase. It's, It's a deficit. Yeah. It's a budget deficit. Use the phrase black hole, that's all the money being poured <laughs> in there. It's your own fault, yeah. Tories. Get your house in order. No, exactly. And is Hunt the man? Mm-hmm. Wow. He has he has he's been in cabinet quite a while, hasn't he? He has, he's been um health secretary, I think it was briefly yes. I'll be correct me foreign secretary at one point. Oh I'm not sure about that. Oh god, <laughs> was he in the foreign office? Oh, okay. I've got to check this now. Yeah. Maybe he was he's been around. Mm-hmm. Um, but whether he has yeah. the experience well compared to the rest of the cabinet he definitely does yes. oh, I feel God, like yes. the Tory party really scraping the barrel with expertise at this point <laughs> yeah. uh, but if we think about it he's talking about increasing tax and the rest of it what else was there do you think that was being possibly proposed in the autumn it's called the autumn statement yeah mm-hmm. what else has been proposed um, it's, it's spending cuts. Where are they going to be? Where are they going to be coming? Where are they going to be hitting? Areas such as benefits and pensions, and mm-hmm. obviously he's got to address like cost of living and inflation and everything. And on pensions, from what I believe, from what Sunak's been discussing, he is going to hunt will be protecting and ring fencing that triple lock on state pensions. Makes complete sense. Yeah, why does it make complete sense, please, Alfie? Because old people love the conservatives. Because conservatives love the old people. They realised. Very cleverly, that it's really the older folk that go and actually vote. Yeah, mm. young people. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we're doing this, everyone. Yeah. Young people are disengaged. If you with actually want to make a difference, the only way that I believe it can genuinely happen, you can do your protest, do your petitions, and I believe in those, and they can make change happen long term. If you want that click, things are changing. Mm. Turn out and vote. Yeah, 
Register exactly. now. Everyone in A3 and A2, you are over 16. Please go to gov.uk and register to vote. You can do it now. Get it done. It takes you two minutes. Maybe call home or somebody for your national insurance number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let's get that one ready, please, guys. It's very important. Very, very true. Pensioners are being protected, mm-hmm. but there are going to be cuts elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Talk about stealth taxes. So we're thinking about... Um, the threshold to tax, you know, the, the personal allowance will be, fr- will be frozen. Yeah. So it's not a tax rise, but we'll find that in practice with inflation going up and the rest of it, that yeah. the salary's it's not going up, that w- exactly. might happen there. The evening standard, oh? 50, uh, 50% tax rises and 50% public spending cuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some of the other things that are possibly being um, looked at is those, the, the, the trust energy price guarantee. Hunter's saying that it costs almost as much as possibly the NHS. Mm. I know I'd be a bit of an exaggeration. I think so. But that's a lot of money. Mm. This this idea of you know what can actually happen to help people with mm-hmm. and if you tell the energy companies that they're gonna have, there's gonna be a price cap yeah. and the government will bail them out, what will the energy companies do? Increase the prices oh, yeah. hugely. Oh, spike. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, what can we do? Windfall tax. Where's the windfall tax, please? It's- Pretty much like a single time tax, so they just do it once. A one off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and pretty much it targets certain companies or industries, and then they give them a certain percentage of the money yeah. that the government. Absolutely, gets. it's a bit of a sort of a moral argument in some way that if some companies, through no fault cause of yeah. their own, have made some unprecedented, ridiculously large profits at the expense of the British people, mm. you know, excessive pro- excess profits, you could say. Yeah. Owing to its energy crisis worldwide, they have those huge profits that they're not all going to be used to go back to the consumer, but instead given to shareholders. Yeah, exactly. Excessively so, then maybe we do that tax so money can be redistributed, so that wealth can be redistributed more broadly by the government. <laughs> it's a tricky moral argument. Yeah. If you're a shareholder who's invested in the energy market, in energy companies for years and stood by and waited yeah. and this is now your time and oh so because my company is suddenly making a lot of money the yeah. government's <laughs> going to take it away Yeah, how dare they I invested in it the government didn't invest in it I did I feel like this is a big issue of privatisation where we yes. just started to oh this is getting fun now yeah. <laughs> now we're getting ideological just for context yeah. there in A2 we've been covering ideology lately a bit of socialism mm. conservatism liberalism feminism coming up as well which I'm looking forward to yeah. next week Alfie what's the situation here okay so pretty much um back in the day of thatcher um she decided to privatize a lot of industries and that essentially means that they're not run by the government uh when an industry is nationalized that means it's run by the government that's what it used to be pre-margaret thatcher um however now we have all the trains for example southwest rail rail um ran by a private company and you got stuff like british gas which is run by a separate company and these public companies, you can invest in them. That's why we're talking about shareholders for these gas companies. Um, and I guess one argument that is starting to stick out now is that should we go back to the nationalisation of these industries so then it can be a government-regulated price and mm. probably more cheap? But the, the there's there's like arguments with that where it's, um, a lot of people are... Uh, not a lot of people. Um, people in power are hesitant to do that because it it seems very socialist 
Um, and um, a lot of people, um, especially Keir Starmer, he doesn't um, he doesn't want to seem too um, left wing at the moment, yeah. and no. to nationalise <laughs> industries is a very left wing thing yeah. to do. No, absolutely. Our socialist country becomes even more socialist yeah. with our universal credit and national health service. Yeah, mm, well, that's it. Starmer's very keen to occupy that centre ground that oh, Johnson yeah. did. Yeah. That's where battles, election battles are won and lost. 100%. Um, one more thing, let's think about this. You know, we spoke uh, last time about the Sunak have a mandate, what policies might he carry out, and we sort of and it came to that conclusion that Sunak ought to revert back to the 2019 manifesto. Mm-hmm. That's what he's actually able to carry out. That's what we, we oh, wow. you know, listen back. Should he go back to what was voted for by the people? Mm-hmm. Trustonomics wasn't voted for by the, by the people. No. So even though Sunak has no personal mandate, that's something that you subscribe to, yeah. what he can do are the policies that were voted for. And one was to do with social care, this health mm-hmm. and social care levy, which has gone, that increase in national insurance, might yeah. be coming back. And it was there to pay for social care, uh, old age social care. Yeah. When you are so, too old or too frail, however it might be, mm-hmm. to care for yourself and you have to go into a care home, that's hugely expensive, a oh, huge yeah. um, ex- expense from council expenditure. Mm-hmm. Johnson wanted to try and solve this. That was the policy to try and introduce this, le- uh, this um, I think it's like a top amount, maybe it's like 100,000 maybe, would be the maximum you have to pay in social care. Yeah. And thereafter right. it would be funded by the state. Yeah. That's not materialised. It was actually first proposed, I think, by Cameron seven years ago. Really? It's quite a luxury wow. to have. Oh, yeah, no. Incredibly expensive, yeah. but it's an issue that has not been solved. Mm-hmm. No, definitely not. And it's not going to be now, it seems. That's one of those other things. How much of the 2019 manifesto was actually achieved? Um, well, did they get Brexit done? <laughs> no. Well, uh, soft Brexit. Varies, <laughs> mm, <laughs> I think. Um, how I've heard. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Right, extra prep. Mia, uh, <laughs> you have to go to the 2019 manifesto over the next two weeks, and next time we meet, which will be in a week... Uh, 11. Yeah. Golly, doesn't time fly. Yeah. We're going to go through and see what has the government... Let's actually... You know what we can do? We're gonna, that will be our review of the calendar year show. So listening to that one, we might do a bumper show, possibly, yeah. potentially, get a few more guests on. Yeah. Our review of the calendar, start, calendar uh, yeah. year show. Start start first prep. Mm. We're making this up as we go along. We are. But I think um, Alfie is nodding. Mia is thinking, what, both preps? <laughs> there we are. But Mia is going to go through the 2019 manifesto and figure out how has this government in three years achieved what it was going to, to so try like to achieve? Because then I have to search up what the manifest it actually was and I have to search up whether they actually achieved it. True. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delegate to an A3. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. There we go. Uh, oh, something else I want to talk about. Um, Which is... Hmm? Yeah. Hello, Red Suna. I thought it's gone off my mind now. Let's play another song. I thought it was brilliant. Never mind. Let's move on.
welcome Mark again. Thank you so much all for joining us. It's rather a lovely evening. Um, we're talking just then for a little bit about planning this bumper show we're going to do in week 11. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're going to try and get some um, some guest speakers on as well. We yeah. might get some of those of the, of the 6-4, maybe one or two others as well. Oh, yeah. Do our review of the year. Just right now, it's, you know, a little bit of context. Alfie and Mir are scrolling through <laughs> to find some articles from last week. This is the about doing it every week, every fortnight, of course. There's some yeah, good exactly. events from the last, from the previous week. <laughs> Gavin Williamson getting sacked. He's now been sacked by three prime ministers. That's oh, yeah. quite a good skill to have, isn't that it? Is, that and this whole about Rob and his bullying, and there's a development, of course, down under with Matt Hancock. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Mia. I mean, what, what, why? He, well, he's obviously everybody knows he's on I'm a Slurp, get me out of here. And mm-hmm. um, basically, he's gone on and everybody is slating him about breaking lockdown rules. And um, he was like, he was like, I know, well, like, I know it was wrong, but I was in love. And oh, I remember that scene. Yeah, was like, uh, I'm sorry, I love my grandparents, but I can't, I couldn't see them. And then there's this really funny comedian on there called I don't know how to pronounce his name, Batabende. Oh, it's it's a really weird, so mm. many accents in it. Yeah, yeah. But him. he's yeah. so funny. I love him. Um, and he was talking to Matt Hancock about it and Matt Hancock was saying that oh I was in love I was in love and he was like you weren't in love you were grabbing the panda <laughs> oh golly it was so funny I'm, I'm not going to ask what that means I didn't watch this programme but, but yeah no, honestly it, Matt Hancock is really like I don't know why he's gone on time it's like get me out of here and no one likes him on the home 400k K. that's why he's there and yeah, then what he'll do yeah. They go on TV and people will watch it get more money. Yeah. He's not going to make a career in politics anymore. No. He's just going to try and get us. He's trying, he is milking it, everything possible. It's yeah. And like, uh, there, there are those who are suffering. We spoke about this, I think, possibly on the radio last week when I was with uh, Mr. Bridges and Mr. Vincent on Thursday morning. Because uh-huh. uh, it's, it's Parliament Week. Flipping heck. Yeah. It's Parliament Week this week, guys. Oh, wow. And last Thursday, more Parliament Week in a moment, last Thursday, yeah. uh, listen to it, it was a great show with uh, myself, Mr. Vincent, and Mr. Bridges, yeah. doing question time again. We do really rather enjoy it. It's great fun. Yeah, it's good. And we also did an assembly on the Friday morning for, for the school. Take that went down really well, which yeah. is great. Again, yeah. lots more of the Junes especially is engaged and interested in politics. And I was, you know, I'm not one to blow my own trumpet play myself thing but I was being stopped all day by kids who I'm very sorry I don't know I don't know many below six forms I teach many six forms I coach many six forms yeah uh, so I don't know many in B, C and D yeah but the so that's a great assembly and that's that's brilliant and I think it's a great thing that uh, the school are doing educating our, our pupils on Matters of politics and get engaged in them. It's yeah. brilliant. No, definitely fantastic. So yes, this week is Parliament Week. Schools up and down the country are celebrating our democracy. Yeah. What a great thing to be fighting for. And also, I think this year more than any other of recent years, mm. important definitely. to fight to believe in, display, and fight for democracy yeah. and our values. No, definitely. Um, I mean, I remember, I remember when I first came in D, and I was really surprised. Like you know. Mm-hmm. There's so much, like, you know, like, I mean, they're pushing the whole, like, British values thing. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have yeah. Um, a board of British values. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, let's uh, go back to, 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 sorry for interrupting there, Mia, let's go back to Matt Hancock. <laughs> okay. Because he was grabbing the what now? 
I'm rather confused. I want to. I want to. It sounds like a bush tucker trial of some sort. Mm, yeah. Oh, when he got stung by that scorpion. Mm-hmm, that this is what we're talking about. My goodness, where things come <laughs> Anyways, to. Anyways, I, I want to talk about Gavin Williamson. Gavin Williamson. <laughs> Gavin <laughs> Williamson, the man sacked by three prime ministers. Uh-huh. A senior civil book. servant told The Guardian, Sir Gavin had bullied them and told them to slit their throat. That oh. is absolutely disgusting. That mm-hmm. That's actually disgusting. That is. And to think that there'd be somebody in government who could actually act like that and say those type of unforgivable things, it makes us think, you know, do we actually know who's in government and do we actually know who we elect and what they're like? Yeah. No, we don't. Okay. No, definitely. I'm going to flip this because it's always fun to you know me. Yeah, definitely. Advocate. Was Gavin Williamson a necessary evil? Can you explain to our listeners what a necessary evil is, please? A necessary evil is something that we don't like, we don't really want to have it, but we need to have it because it gets things done. Did he get things done? Did Gavin Williamson, as Chief Whip and, and other roles, this way he was mainly being the bully, did he get things done? Was he effective? Mm, did he tr- did he manage to get votes through Parliament that were tricky? Okay. Did he keep yeah. did he did okay. he keep MPs of his own party toeing the line? Mm. Did he make things work for the Prime Minister? No. Did he do what he had to do? Within reason, yeah, I'd say so. Oh, it's I tricky. Say. I'm not saying this is my view. It's, yeah. like it's not my view. And it's good to challenge ourselves sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah. important if we're going to reaffirm what we know. I mean, which how is long has he been in um, yeah. government for? Like... Is he? Was he like there for? Oh years? golly, he was. He was there under yeah. Cameron as well. It's um, missed. Oh, yeah. he's, he's been there a while. Um, okay, if we think about how many um, uh, backbenchers contested Theresa's um, uh, like um, laws that she was trying to pass, I did have a statistic on it, and I could try to find it now. Um, but basically, she was not able to pass any laws whatsoever really so um wow. i think he he could have done a good job then but he didn't and mm-hmm. it was probably pretty easy for him to do a good job doing boris because boris had a huge personal mandate and all and he had support of a lot of backbenchers yeah but when the backbenchers don't support the pm does he actually did he actually do much obviously not he was also, I just want to pop, pop, uh, go back to this, mm-hmm. uh, the Minister uh, for Education, Secretary of State for Education, yeah. during the 2020 GCSE and A-level yeah, scandal. There were calls for him to be sacked. He was mm-hmm. not sacked. He could not be sacked because he knew something about Boris Johnson. Exactly. So as long as Boris Johnson was in power, Gavin Williamson had a hold on him. Yeah. Which possibly prevented Johnson doing some things. I don't know. We're speculating. Yeah. You know what? I think he, he would have a book. Chief Whip would have an interesting oh, book, definitely. wouldn't they? I mean, from a chief whips, like, a tell-all. Yeah. It feels like from an inside perspective, it kind of seems like some sort of pantomime villain, Gavin Williams, when you look more into it. Here we go. Mm. Um, sorry, I've just got the stand Oh, no, he isn't. Theresa <laughs> <laughs> May's government from 2017 to 2019 was defeated on 33 divisions in the House of Commons. That is so, so much. If you compare it to... Okay, let's compare it to um, Cameron. Uh, Cameron in the coalition was six times. Cameron in the majority government was three times. Like, that's a huge (laughs) difference. But is that owing to the chief whip or owing to the lack of majority? (laughs) 
No, Ooh. possibly. Yeah. It's a contributing yeah. factor. I would say it's more majority than it is okay. Chief Whip. But I think he managed to possibly keep some things out a little bit and try to yeah. hold together, maybe. I, no, you don't hold that role for 18 months, not be no. good at it. And it's a role, the Whips, I think it's, it could be now that politics is changing. We, we've known this for, for, for decades that whips are nasty, nasty people yeah. who have their records, who have their means and ways of making things work, yeah. and they are masters of the dark arts. Definitely. This could be that watershed moment where things mm-hmm. change. Yeah. And I think it's time for change. Time for you know, a positive politics. Yeah. You know, it's a, I think the stick has been overused. Mm-hmm. Is that room for more of the carrot? Who knows? We'll see. I mean, like, you'd think it would be so easy to get into government as an opposition, you know? you just got to, like, show that you can do policy better than the Conservatives have been for the last two years, and you're pretty much in. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, the problem is, though, is that you can't tell anyone that. Because, like, for example, Labour, they had that whole issue with, you know, saying their ideas and how they would improve. About, oh, and they get copied yeah, and pasted. They get copied and pasted by the Control F, Labour, replace yeah. with Conservative, yeah. yeah. For example, the windfall tax, that was... And about. ultimately, the election is, you know, it doesn't have to be called until January 25. Exactly. A lot of time there. You don't want to... Oh, there's a phrase here, I'm thinking of it. Do, do it of, of jumping too early, whatever it is, from that. I've forgotten. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm great at this, aren't I? Oh, my, let's move on. No? Maybe. <laughs> Listeners, if you know what I'm trying to say, do write in and text us on double six triple seven, uh, or do Starting of course. Starting messages, Bry. Thank you. What am I trying to say? Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> but on that, just because we're approaching sort of a sort of the close of play here for oh, our last wow. song. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've got in week eleven, we're going to do a bumper, bumper show. Yeah. We're going to try and do it throughout both preps. So half seven until nine is the idea on Tuesday of week eleven. Yeah. So do tune in then, and if you do have any messages how actually how am i able to get in contact with us in advance of that show to maybe ask their questions Oh, well, well. I mean, they c- do we have an email address? I don't know if we do. Like, I might have said <laughs> Alfie out here for trouble. We, we do not have an email. No, email do not advertise your email no, on the radio. Don't advertise your email okay. on the school radio publicly, Never please, Mia. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, we do have our Instagram, bride.radio. Absolutely. Um, you can message us on there. Um, we've got quite a few people that run that now, so hopefully, it should get back to you quickly. So yeah, no, if you've got anything that you're wondering that you want us to discuss, then that's the best way to get hold of us before the show. Fantastic. But during that show, of course, do text us on double six triple seven, starting your message with Bry. Mm-hmm. Listen in. We are going to we're do we are going to review the year in politics. Mm-hmm. What a year it's been, my oh, goodness. Oh yeah. So we had, you know, the year of three <laughs> prime ministers. Yeah. The year of um, the, the death of the Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, the year of the record for ministerial resignations in a 24 hour period at 55 yeah. what a record breaking year it is the invasion of Ukraine by Russia COP27 oh my goodness I think there's so very much that we can I'm, talk about I'm really struggling to try like think of something positive in the world of politics positive in the world of politics Gavin mm. uh, <laughs> Williamson's gone how about that uh, yeah. and Matt yeah, Hancock has been sent to Australia for three weeks yeah. right there we are fantastic that's what we're going to talk about next time we'll review the year we're going to get our A2s on our A3s on mm-hmm. do a bit of rotation it should be great fun do please tune in yeah. and Alfie what song do we have to play us out uh, we have this town ain't the big last by Sparks <laughs>
Of course we do. Right, bye for now, everyone. Have a great fortnight. See you next time. See you. Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.